0: On today's show, we're going to begin our player grades for the season, and there's no better place to start than at the top with the main man, Kawhi Leonard. How was his first season back from an ACL tear on the court, his availability, and... Overall, how do I feel about him going into next season if he's to remain on the Clippers? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Kawhi Leonard Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day. Your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vaziri, a Clipper fan for going on 19 years. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper for even more LA sports and NBA content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to give me Kawhi Leonard's grade for a C, for the season, a letter grade. So like like you're back in school, A, B, C, A plus, all that. I'm going to divide this episode into the three categories that I think I have to kind of separate in terms of evaluating Kawhi. And the first one is his on-court performance, the, the most important thing, how he actually looks on the court. And, and the second one is availability or lack thereof. I think that's obviously one of the biggest things associated with Kawhi Leonard. When you talk about him and evaluate him as a player, how available is he? Because you know how good he is when he does play. But how do I evaluate or what do I think of the season and his season, given the amount of games he missed, not being able to play in the playoffs, whatnot. And then I'm going to talk about, to end, the intangible things like leadership, how it feels to have him on the team, how I feel about having him going forward, how I feel about him as the face of the franchise after the four years, and I'm going to give him his grade at the end. So let's start out with the on-court stuff. Now, the biggest thing with Kawhi was what kind of version of himself would he look like coming off an ACL tear? This is a guy who who has quad tendinopathy or a degenerative knee, whatever you want to call it. Everyone just knows that he's got a condition of a sort you know, that makes him rest back to backs and obviously makes the Clippers medical staff or his own personal medical staff. I really don't know the difference at this point. Conserve him when there's any risk of an injury. Don't go too hard and try not to risk it. Now, that being said, I'm still confused about what happened with the whole torn meniscus. Did he play on a torn meniscus in game two? I don't think that was the case. Maybe he was injured and then he played in game two and then actually tore it. So I don't know. That's that's a whole situation that we're probably never going to know the answer to. But let's just talk about coming off the ACL, right? So I thought Kawhi would be still really good. Still, by the end of the season, would be the best player on the team. Just because Kawhi's game is not primarily reliant on athleticism. You know, he's a good athlete. I was a little bit more fearful of anything that his lateral quickness would digress. But offensively... His, his game is mostly footwork, shot-making, and he still doesn't ever really elevate that high off the ground, but footwork, shot-making, fundamentals, post-game, strength, and just getting to spots. And when I saw him in the preseason, I knew right away the way he was moving, the way he was attacking the basket, and going at Anthony Edwards one-on-one, that he was trying to prove a point to everybody. And that point was, I'm back. It's just a matter of time, but I feel good. Because, you know, I've never had a serious injury like that. I've broken my arm, hyperextended things, all that, playing basketball. But I've never had like a torn ACL or anything like that that requires major surgery. But I've heard from people that have, and pros, that it's just as much of a mental rehab as it is a physical rehab. And Kawhi Leonard, to go at Anthony Edwards and to play with that kind of aggression in game one of the preseason, that showed me that he was mentally ready to test his body. And in the beginning, he was on that minutes restriction. He looked good even on that minutes restriction. If you recall, his first couple of minutes on opening night against the Lakers, he went right to the post against Juan Toscano Anderson and scored his first two shots or made his first two shots. And that was a moment for me and all Clipper fans where we were like, oh, yeah, he's back. Now, it would be short-lived because he had the setback. They said he was just day-to-day for a couple of weeks. He missed around 10 games before returning against the, I want to say it was either the Jazz or the Spurs. No, I think it was the Pistons. It was that three-game homestand right around the time I left for Qatar to go to the World Cup. And he got injured in that homestand with a sprained ankle. Was out for a while, just day to day, day to day. And that was the really low point of our season. But when he came back against the Charlotte Hornets, I thought he looked really good. He hit that game-winner. And after that, that started a stretch where he was, besides the back-to-backs, playing pretty consistently for months and slowly playing at a higher level with each passing week. Just for reference, his first 16 games this season, he averaged 17, 6, and 4. That's 6 rebounds and 4 assists on 48% from the field. So his mid-range looked good. His inside the arc game looked good but 27% from three and 78% from the line, which is pretty uncharacteristic for Kawhi Leonard. And I knew right away, if you remember listening to my show or listening to Locked On Clippers all season long, I kept saying that it's just his legs aren't fully there yet with the three ball. He's getting his legs back. It's just a matter of time. And lo and behold, that was one of the takes that I had this season that aged the best because he went nuclear after that. He played 52 games this season, so he missed 30. But after those first 16, those last 36, he averaged 27, 7, and 4 on astonishing 52, 46, 90 splits. So 50, 40, 90, 52.4% from the field, 46.3% from three, and 90% from the line in the last 36 games of the season season. The guy looked just as good as in 2021. That's the scary part. So as far as on-court performance, the guy was amazing. If it was solely based on that, he's getting an A from me. The only criticism I have is, yes, it didn't really, you know, we didn't really have him guarding elite players in the whole regular season, really, which sucks because he probably is our best point of attack on-ball defender, but we don't see that. He's still very good at help defense, though, uh, you know, given... He's not guarding on the ball that much, and teams aren't going to put him in the action and pick and roll, but his help defense was still sharp, and then there were some games where it felt like he ran out of gas at the end, where we could have closed them, like against Sacramento, for example, in that second highest scoring game ever, like against Atlanta when Terrence Mann was inserted into the starting lineup, like against Indiana, Boston, various games. But that's being a little picky for a guy that just came off a torn ACL. He exceeded all my expectations. And then in the playoffs, I mean, he was insane. 34 points a game, shooting 60% from three and over 50 from the field, outplaying Kevin Durant, looking like the best player in the series through two games when we had a 1-1 series heading back here. I mean, the guy was playing amazing basketball. But the, the biggest... With having Kawhi Leonard, the biggest issue with having Kawhi Leonard is his availability or lack thereof. And coming up, gonna explore that. How big was his 30 missed games and how much did it affect the season? And overall, how was his season given the lack of games? Gonna be talking about that coming up. But before I do that, I gotta tell you about prize picks. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one prize picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern time will be randomly selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick six flex with the following payouts. If you get four correct picks, you can win $16,000. If you get five correct picks, $80,000. And if you get six correct, you get a $1,000,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. And once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. And PrizePix is the best daily fantasy app we have around. All you got to do is pick two to six players and predict if they will score more or less than the PrizePix projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry and you're not competing against anyone. It's just you and the projections available. And PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes NBA, NBA, MLB, NHL, you name it, they've got it. And entries can be made really quickly. 60 seconds or less, safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Just download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit hundred dollars, price fix will give you hundred dollars. If you deposit fifty dollars, Price Fix will give you fifty dollars. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On and sign up for an instant deposit match up to hundred dollars. All right. So Kawhi Leonard's biggest problem associated with him is his lack of availability. As I mentioned at the top of the show, he's got that quad condition or knee condition. He's just his knees aren't in great shape. And I heard from people you know that know a little bit more that it's much worse than people realize. I'm not saying. Like, short-term, I'm just saying long-term. Like, the risk that he's really at is much higher than we realize. So the fact that he can still play at the level that we see him play at is quite remarkable, in my opinion. Whatever they do to get his knee right or get his legs right, it's his knee, his right knee, I believe. Whatever they do to get it right before games is amazing. But let's just look at the lack of availability this season. I said before the season, if you recall... 60 games or more, because that was the magic number for Toronto when he won the championship in 19, was 60 games. If he plays that many or more, we're in business. We're probably getting a top three seed. Now, he missed eight more games than that. 52 out of 82. 30 games is a lot. 30 games is a lot. And we went 11 and 19 without him. Now, everyone loves to say... Well, you need to have a supporting cast that plays 500 basketball, at least, with Kawhi Leonard um, out. The thing is, some of those games are with Paul George out, too. Some of those games we legit punted, like against Utah on the road, like against Cleveland on the road, like against Minnesota on the road, where we didn't play anybody, really. We aren't expecting to win those games with those decisions. So I can't really look at that 11-19 and 19 record and say, yeah, the team that's quote, supposed to be the deepest team in the league is supposed to do better than that. You're not going to win championships when your best player misses 30 games. You need to find me, all you guys that are pro load management and pro, you know, Kawhi, they didn't miss that many games. It's not that big of a deal. You need to find me the player that won the championship as the best player on his team playing less than 60 games. When you do that and find it, because it doesn't exist, Then I will listen to you. But you won't find it because it it doesn't happen. You need your star to be available because you need to get a top three seed unless you're two teams in NBA history, the 69 Celtics and 95 Rockets. And look, if the Lakers or the Warriors win the championship, they'll add to that list. But the reason why they can do it is because they have won championships together with the same core at the top. The Warriors with their big three, obviously they just won last year with basically the whole same team, Lakers with AD and Bron. So, It's different. The Clippers have not won a championship together. Only Kawhi and Norman Powell have. That's not good enough. Kawhi Leonard missing 30 games was tough. Now, is it his fault? Not really. Injuries are bad luck and stuff just happens. But that initial setback early in the season after just playing two games and both of them on minutes restrictions coming off the bench, that was really hard to stomach because you just expect to have Kawhi Leonard in the beginning of the season, have him work his way back after missing him the whole year, And Paul George wants to start the season so lackadaisical. You know, it it wasn't even every other game. He had multiple games in a row where he wasn't playing well. It was probably his worst stretch of the season to start it. And, you know, he literally spoke in front of Clipper fans of the forum. I have a video on my personal YouTube channel where he was saying how locked in he is. He feels as good as he has to start any season in a long time. And he just did not start out with that urgency. So Kawhi Leonard's absence was exacerbated. And the fact that we just didn't know it was a flare up or a setback they just kept saying day to day for like two weeks was very harsh to the fans just from an expectations perspective and of course purchasing tickets perspective now I know and I understand and I'm one of these fans that will buy tickets regardless of who's in the uniform but in terms of prices it matters like would I spend $60 to see the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George list Clippers or would I rather just spend $30 and maybe get a cheaper seat I don't know those things matter financially for families and I think Sometimes we as fans or a Clipper, the organization kind of forgets that I understand it's a business at the end of the day, but they still did the same thing when he came back from the injury and got injured again in a different injury against Utah when he sprained his ankle. That was so tough because then he missed, I want to say five or six games after that. And again, all of them were day to day instead of just saying, look, he's out for a week. He'll be reevaluated after. Every fan would not complain, I don't think, if that was the case. But the day-to-day stuff just made it very hard. And it also makes Kawhi look bad. It makes it look like he has the choice whether to play like before the game and he's just saying, nah, I don't feel like it, or I'm not feeling good enough. I don't want to risk it. And that's probably not what's going on behind the scenes. He probably was really injured during that time and couldn't play those games. So the organization, with the way they release things, it doesn't do any uh, favors for the player. But when he came back, he had a stretch where he was pretty available for the remainder of the season. Now, I'm going to say this the back to backs thing hurts. It absolutely hurts. I talked about it on my own channel, but when you have a winning streak and then your best player is just guaranteed to sit out because it's a back to back and you just know you're probably going to lose the game, that's very, hard. like, just tough for the team, tough for the fans. Like, you can't really build a winning streak with load management, in my opinion. It's just too hard. It's just too hard. And then you'll have the games where you've lost three games in a row and your fourth game when you're trying to break a losing streak that's a back-to-back for Kawhi and he won't play. Like that part is really difficult. So with the back-to-backs, you're already missing about 12 games a season. Then if you actually get injured, that's, you know, depending on how severe the injury is, that's three or four games right there. And the one part that's really difficult, I don't mind the backs-to-backs thing. The back to backs thing, because I knew what we were signing up for when we got Kawhi, and that was part of the deal. But what I can't stand is the games that he sits. And I, when I say he sits, I don't know if that's him making the decision or the organization. A lot of times it is the organization. But when he gets sat for non back to backs, that's tough. I think it was a game against Milwaukee where he sat, and I made an episode like, is Kawhi Leonard hurt? Like, should we be concerned? Because it was out of the blue. He had just, it was a stretch of like, what, five games in eight nights or something like that? Or five games, I don't know what it was, something like that. And they sat him? Or five games in nine nights? The thing is, in the playoffs, you might have seven games in ten days. Wait, is that possible? You have one day off in between games? So I'm sorry, I guess seven games in 13 days. Seven games in ten days, oh my god. Seven games in like 13 days. So you're basically playing a game every other day and it's high intensity, high minutes. You need a guy that's going to be able to last that. So the, so the fact that Kawhi lasted the whole, not the whole season, but he ended the season pretty healthy. Then we go into the playoffs and he gets injured again after we load managed him and we're so cautious all year. That's just really tough. And it just makes you think, can this guy stay healthy? I mentioned it in a previous uh, podcast. During the 82-game regular season, he didn't play seven consecutive games. Not even seven. Can he do that in a playoff series anymore? I don't know. But coming up, going to be talking about what grade I'm actually going to give Kawhi, all things considered, between his actual long-court play, his lack of availability, everything that comes with him, and then how I feel about him going forward gonna be talking about that coming up all right so Kawhi Leonard's grade for the season drum roll please I'm giving him a B the reason why I give him a B is because if it was just up to on-court play he'd get an A if it's up to availability even though he's coming off an ACL because he got injured again and again I want to make this clear I am not blaming him It's just what it is, you know, how to evaluate a season overall. I give him a C in terms of the availability thing. 30 games plus the playoffs missed. I mean, that's that's just very hard to deal with, no matter how good or how deep your team is. So overall, it averages out to a B for me. I think Kawhi Leonard still has great basketball ahead of him to play. Now, the thing is, how available can he be for an entire playoff run? Can he lead a team to a championship again by just being healthy enough? It's not about his skill. Oh, he can lead a team to a championship as the best player. There's no doubt in my mind about that. It's just about him being able to last an entire playoff run. And if you look back at that Thunder, uh, the Raptors run, he was laboring towards the end of that finals. You know what I'm saying? And he was still playing at a high level. But it was like maybe that was just a unique circumstance where he lasted. I don't know if he can But my biggest fear is if the Clippers, and this is not going to happen, but if the Clippers trade him and then he stays healthy with another team's medical staff and then we're just like, oh my God, like what did we do? We're so cursed. But the thing is, if Kawhi doesn't play 60-plus games next year, again, we're not going to get a top three seed. I don't care what moves we make. I'm positive and adamant about it. I was right about it this year. And look, I still believe you're going to need a top three seed to win a chip because I believe that the team that wins a chip this year will still be a top three seed and prove me right. Now, even if it's the third instance with the Lakers and the Warriors winning a championship, which I really hope doesn't happen, but if they do win, it's still more of a unique circumstance than something that is just, you know, a blueprint that, y- you know, you need to follow or is a way to win a championship. It's not. It's unique circumstance. So Kawhi Leonard's lack of availability really hurts, and it really hurts him being the best player on your team. As far as the other things, like... The intangibles on the court, Kawhi, like he works pretty hard. Like I got nothing about his intangibles. He makes big plays. As far, I don't know if he dives on the floor though. I can't. If you have a clip of Kawhi Leonard diving on the floor, please send it to me because I don't remember it off top of my head. He probably has though at some point. In the playoffs, I'm pretty sure he did hit the floor once or twice to to go for a loose ball. But you know, I don't remember. You know, you don't really see him like just throw his body out there like that in the regular season because why would you, man? He's not trying to hurt himself. But as far as intangibles in basketball, I still think he brings them to the table, absolutely. As far as leadership, now there's been a whole conversation and discussion about Kawhi since he came to LA about how much of a leader he is or how he isn't a leader. Here's the thing. There are different styles of leadership in NBA players. You have your vocal leaders, you have your guys that are the best players, and they're your vocal leaders like your Magic Johnsons, your LeBron James, your Kobes, and your Mikes, Bill Russells. And then you have the more lead-by-example kind of guys. The Steph Currys, the Kareem Abdul-Jabars, the Kawhi Leonard's, the Tim Duncans. They lead by example. Now, Steph Curry, Tim Duncan, I know for a fact they're more vocal than they get credit for. Kawhi Leonard in a similar boat as far as on the court. Like, you can see him talking on defense a lot. Off the court, I hear he's not as quiet as everybody thinks. Like It's not like he never talks. He's actually pretty funny. But he's more of an introvert from everything I've heard. That isn't a huge deal to me, whether he's like not the most vocal leader in the world because he plays so well. But there are games where the Clippers will be getting blown out and you just wish somebody can rally the troops. Now, bringing in Westbrook did fulfill that void a bit. We did it with Rondo in 2021, and I will say this about Rondo. His leadership, whether he wasn't playing any minutes or he was, was really good. You can see him talking to guys, and he just seemed to add to the team's collective basketball IQ. But... We didn't really have that after Patrick Beverly left last season and the whole of this season, you know, and bringing in Russ, it gave us a vocal leader, an emotional leader. And I think every team needs that. Every team. You look at Kawhi Leonard's ring with Toronto. Kyle Lowry was that figure. You look at Kareem's rings. He had Magic and he had Oscar Robertson, two of the best leaders on and off the court we've ever seen in terms of, like, team camaraderie. Although... People do say that Oscar Robertson was very demanding. But at the end of the day, when you when you hear his teammates talk about him, they all say really good things. And then you have a guy like Steph Curry, who I've seen him you know, get animated in huddles and stuff like that. But when we see him get animated like that, we're like, oh my God, Steph Curry is like barking at his teammates. Draymond Green is that emotional leader for them, that vocal guy. So as far as Kawhi not being a very vocal leader, it's not that big a deal to me because but the thing is, you need one that is. And that's why I like Russ. And if we need to replace him, if we don't have him, need to get someone else that is vocal. I don't believe you can win just with Kawhi and Paul George's too-cool-for-school attitude. There is a lack of on-court leadership to me. You know, Paul George says he leads and all this and that. The thing is, I don't doubt that Paul George is a good vocal leader. The problem is, it's hard to get behind a guy who doesn't even realize how good he is half the time. So that's all I have to say about PG. But overall, to conclude, Kawhi Leonard gets a B from me His on-court play was amazing. His lack of availability is the tough part. It's why I give him a B. How do I feel about him going forward? Well, look, it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. I've expressed that I don't think this duo can work because of the availability. But there's no doubt in my mind that Kawhi Leonard's still going to be a superstar next year. And for that reason, there aren't many better players being in the league. It is good to keep him and to ride it out until there's nothing left. He's owed about $48 million next year, which is a lot. Um, And obviously when he doesn't play it's too much, but you can't guarantee injuries when he does play it's worth every penny So we'll see as far as Kawhi. I support him 100% I still like the guy. Is it the most fun having him on my team? I've already expressed that I don't think it is because of the regular season stuff and when he doesn't get when he doesn't play in The playoffs the whole way then like, you know It defeats the whole purpose of like the load management stuff having him in the playoffs and playing at an elite level but a lot of it's bad luck and you just got to cross your fingers that we get better luck next year and he gets better luck next year. What concerns me is he's coming off a torn meniscus. So now even though Kawhi said, and I really want to make sure I remember this, he said that the re- rehab from the ACL is a two year process. If that was year one and he looked that good, can't imagine what year two is going to look like. I'm very excited about that. The only thing is now he's rehabbing from a new injury and a torn meniscus, ain't none to play with, but Hopefully, he'll be okay and be more available next season. But on tomorrow's episode, probably going to be talking about Paul George's player grade. That'll be exciting. I haven't even decided what it's going to be. Got to look a little bit more in-depth. But you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Dime Pod. I will be live after every single night of playoff basketball during the week to talk about the games and in the offseason, going to make NBA history content. And of course, Locked on Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Let me know what you think Kawhi Leonard's great for the season would be in your opinion. Thank you so much for listening. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Peace.